Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heathers was a teen movie that reinvented the teen movie by satirizing the cruelty of high school relationships. Even your best friends could be your worst enemies. It was no John Hughes film. It had dialogue so razor sharp it left your ears bleeding and you liked it. This also showed that you guys were monsters in high school and that you have no right to tell us how to live. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Heathers is a dark, deeply cynical comedy about a popular girl with a conscience who falls for the edgy new kid, only to figure out a little too late that he's an intellectual psychopath who has involved her in murdering her friends. Well, here's the rundown. Basically, the main girl, Veronica, is in a little clique, like, kind of like Mean Girls. She's kind of like the Katie of Mean Girls. But all the girls are named Heather, and they rule the school, and they are mean to everybody, but everybody wants to be them. And... Uh, she meets this guy, doesn't, JD, JD, Christian Slater, uh, doesn't see all the red flags that he is kind of insane and psychotic. So continues to be with him, ends up murdering people. I definitely want to talk about the red flags. Yeah. Yeah. The red flag is there from the get go. And I kind of felt like this movie first of all this is a fantastic satire i don't even know if they make satires like they used to because this is one of the best most biting satires possibly ever made um and what's interesting about it is it's you know satirizing high school life and and the late 80s by the way and what was going on at the time it is like a nice little time capsule uh, reflecting on on lots of issues that we'll go into. Well, this is also one of my favorite movies ever. It's been my favorite movie for about, like, three years. And it's one of the only musicals that I know, like, all the words to, yet I haven't even seen it. But it is so problematic, like, on another level of problematic. Like, just the language, the red flags how girls are treated and how they just, like, deal with it. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. I mean, when you want to know what's wrong with your parents, you can definitely look at Heather's and identify a lot of what was going on in the late 80s and what teens were having to deal with. I mean, this is really a fantastic satire and and really gets into all of that. Um, uh, So... I do want to... Since we touched on the red flags, I want to go through the red flags, though, because this is my question. So, you know, the moment that she meets J.D., and this was prime Christian Slater. I mean... Yeah. Oh, definitely his... Definitely his prime, his peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he definitely was drool-worthy. But, um, and, and 
in me, you know, it is a meeting of the minds. They are very similar in the way that they see life and their, uh, in the way they approach things. Well, they, it they have the same like views. It. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when they talk, they seem to have the same views on the same, on the people and how they're treated and how he seems to be kind of edgy. Like he's wearing black and leather and yeah, she, they communicate she, in sarcasms. Yeah. He's not a part of the high school society. He's not like that. Like, mm-hmm. but what I think is that it's a reflection on, the bad boy, um, the bad boy movement in film, where really in the seventies and eighties there was such a, a, a embrace of the bad boy that saying, you know, that really sent out this message that you know to, to oh you're the good girl, but the good girl falls for the bad boy, and even though her dad doesn't want her to, she falls in love with him anyway, and then he changes for her, and I feel like this movie is saying no. A bad boy is a bad boy because moments after she met him, he like he shot the two football players that were getting in his face with blanks with a real gun mm-hmm. in the middle of the cafeteria at his high school. Like, and right after the girls are like, ah, he didn't get expelled. He probably just got suspended, and it seemed like he got suspended for like a day or two. Yeah, but if you did that now, you were immediately sentenced. Or, like, at least oh, yeah. go, uh, going to jail. Yeah, 100%. this is not even an expulsion. That's an instant expulsion, but you're probably facing... You're going to face charges. I mean, you're yeah. go, you're definitely like, juvie-bound. Yeah, you're threat... Like, literally, at my old high school, the, the we would have bomb threats all the time. And these two kids called in a bomb threat, and they got caught. And they were immediately in jail. They got their entire house searched for guns and bombs and stuff. Like, and they found like weed, and then they got charged for that too. Like, it just mm-hmm. did not work out for them. And then yeah. they got expelled. Yeah, yeah. And so she, and, and so th- that's the first red flag. The second red flag is that he seven hours after meeting, he f- randomly finds her dress randomly just comes through her window unannounced barely knowing anything about this girl her barely knowing anything about him and then she goes onto her lawn and has strip croquet and has sex on her lawn (laughs) with a boy that she met seven hours ago yeah yeah and i know that we talk there's a lot of movies that might reflect that the 80s were a wild time uh sexually but by 1989 that was not the case uh the pendulum had swung far to the other side this was no longer the you know free love uh, late 60s and 70s um it was it was now more like okay girls don't and that kind of thing was not going down so i that is not realistic i do want to point out that the um, screenwriter was a 23 year old man. <laughs> so maybe that, that part, he might've stretched the truth a little bit on. Um, but I think that the idea, yeah, this guy just comes into your window and you're like, Oh, that's so romantic. You know, it's like Romeo and Juliet, except you're not at a safe distance at a balcony. You're like in my room. Yeah. <laughs> and it became more and more Romeo and Juliet actually with all the fake suicides. Um, well, then they start. Well, then there's more red flags as we go along. That then he suddenly is like, well, she's he's he recommends to kill her, and she's like, I wouldn't go that far, but I want to see her puke. Yeah. So they go, and the first thing he does is grab a very very chemically um, induced uh, cleaner for probably like floors. I can't remember what specifically it was, but uh, like Windex or something. 
pours it in the drain glass. Drain cleaner. It was drain cleaner. Yeah. Like it was Drano. It wasn't actual Drano. It was like a generic version, but yeah. Yeah. And he pours that in a cup and is like, let's do this. And then constantly he's like, let's do this. And she's like, orange juice and milk will be fine. Like, I just want to see her get grossed out. Like, Right. <laughs> but the whole thing is, right? And then she grabs, it is Veronica who grabs the wrong mug. Yeah. And he allows her to do it. So, but, but my thought is, you know, when he, when he comes through the window, she's furiously writing in her diary how she wants to kill Heather Chandler. And so I think in something I haven't read or heard anyone ever say is, is, I mean, this is what she wanted all along, you know? Well, he says that many times. It is. She, she does. Like she, he is, he is making her fantasy Come true. Yeah. Uh, and he's making her do it and in a way, but she sort of, I mean, haven't you ever done something and like you kind of knew as you were doing it what you were really doing, but you were kind of like having a blind eye to it because you, you really like, wanted oops, to do it? Like, you know, for a fact, you go, oops, like afterwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. This was before, oops, the fake one. But, um, but yeah, that, that's exactly it. So my opinion is, is that, you know, she really deep down wanted to do it subconsciously and she grabbed the wrong mug, but it wasn't like she kind of knew, but she didn't know so that she could deny it to herself. Yeah. And the same thing when, um, Ram and Kurt are killed and it, like, she's really going to buy that well, they're no. blanks again. No, no, no. By the way, Here's he's the already been tormented that way. They've, he's already scared them like that. Yeah. Why does she think that those blanks are going to work this time. I mean, maybe... Well, he, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want to backtrack back into he- uh, the first Heather, she, like, kind like when they write the suicide note and when he's trying to get her to make Heather drink chemicals, she's kind of like, it seems like you want to kill her. Or, like, after that, she's died in the writing suicide note, she's like, you're good at this. Have you done this before? And he doesn't answer. He just doesn't answer. And it's like, of course he's like, <laughs> like, do you know how sus that is? Like, that is so suspicious. Like he would say, absolutely not. You think I've killed a person? You wouldn't just sit there silently and be like, just write, just write the note. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you go so far as to write a fake suicide note if you weren't planning to really yeah. kill them? And it's the same thing with Ram and Kurt. I mean, he obviously is the hand that's guiding her, but it's, but you know, she plays it off like, I didn't realize, I didn't know, I'm so innocent. And she's mm-hmm. not like, she's not innocent. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's the, the other thing about it would be, why wouldn't she just walk away from her friends? She's so tempted to, you know, she doesn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, obviously we all can understand getting caught up and being part of the popular crowd, Yeah, but well, she I- wants to get away from it. It definitely inspired Mean Girls in yeah. a way. So there's like there's two blondes, there's a redhead, there's a dark haired girl. Uh, to the main girl, the main popular girl is very secure with herself, knows what she wants, knows like how to be popular and how to deal with it, and is mean to people. The other two are like kind of insecure, kind of dumb, don't really see what's going on. And then there's the the girl that is like, this is wrong, what is happening, but gets caught up in the popularity with them mm-hmm. as they're trying to do that. So it's weird. It, I feel like there should be more of an explanation why Veronica is with them because if she knows how mean they are and how much, like, obviously they've been doing that all throughout high school. 
Like, yeah. this hasn't just been, like, one week of bullying. Well, here's the thing, though. So, I, I'm curious. I really want to get into the what's wrong with your parents, and I think we're hitting upon it. Here's one example of the reality of Heather's, and I'm curious how similar it is to your high school experience now. Because I had friends like this. I mean, I feel like every group of girls has these sort of friction relationships or people who are really your frenemy, but you're kind of stuck with them. So I would say this is something that that's happened over and over. I went to three different high schools in one high school in my friend group, one girl randomly decided she was going to kick my ass. Like I got the message, Oh, Jillian's going to kick your ass. And I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, she was, I, I mean, I didn't really have any beef with her, but we had this one instigator, Kimmy Taylor. And Kimmy <laughs> Taylor was in our friend group, but she was, she was a, I mean, she was Heather Chandler to some degree. You know, she was really kind of mean and, um, and wasn't always had the highest, it wasn't like the most popular, but she just had strength, you know, and she could just cut you and ruin you, you know? And so I think she put Jill up to it. Uh, and all I did was like, go, okay, I'll meet you there. You know, and I just, I just stood up. I haven't been in a fight in my entire life. And, um, you know, but I, and, and it went away. And then, uh, then in my third high school, um, I was with a, I had a group of friends and I was the new kid. And so all my junior year, I had worked to help another girl in our friend circle who was his, what was the title? I don't even remember what the job was, but it was some job in the pep club. And, um, and I had helped her, you know, you, you cut out all these dumb, like, construction paper things for all the football players. I went to high school in Oklahoma. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you'd put it on their lockers, and you'd decorate their lockers, and you would decorate, you know, stuff in the school, and put streamers and balloons. And every game, you would do something, and you were, you know, in charge yeah. of cheer, I guess, like, for the pep club, um, without being a cheerleader. And so I worked with her all year. I would get up at, you know, 5 a.m. I would meet her. I would do it. So, of course, I ran for her job the next year. She went for, you know, president or something. It's ASB, by the way. Oh, is is that, is that mm-hmm. what it is now? Um, and uh, and and so this other girl who was in our friend group decided to run for it because she was like, "Oh, I'm more popular than you are. I'll get more votes." And then she ran against me. And then another girl in our friend group. And I mean, there was like five girls in our friend group. Okay, <laughs> so another one who had been the mascot, um, she decided she was going to run for it too. Uh, Sherry Friedman and. You know, Sherry Friedman won. Sherry was a, a nicer version than the other girl who's going to run against me because she was more popular. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'd like to say that the that the everyone knew I should win, and the the woman who was the supervisor. What do you call those the teachers who like supervise a club? No idea. Okay. Anyway, she came and was like, "I just want you to know the vote was really close. It was so close, and everyone really knows you should have got it, but you didn't because you're not as popular as Sherry. So you um, had to deal with the Trump election twice." <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I'm sure that something, uh, somebody was colluding. (laughs) But um, anyway, so that kind of meanness, and I understand the inability to get yourself out of those groups. You know, I did, by the way, my senior year, found a different group of friends. (laughs) Well, yeah, I've definitely, I've always been one of those people that um, just kind of brushes around, like floats. I'm kind of a floater. Like I sit with one group of people at lunch, but I have multiple friend groups. Like I transferring to my new school, I definitely for the first year, for half of the year, I was sitting with these, the popular kids actually. And I kind of, 
drifted just because I the guys were exactly kind of like the football guys in here. Obviously not as like rapey uh-huh. <laughs> or douchey or beat up people, but definitely they were definitely douchebags and. It just came to a point where I was like, your girlfriend is sitting right next to you and you're hitting on me. Like, you need, like, I don't want to be here anymore. So I just kind of clung to the, like, I, I sat one day, I was like, can I sit here? Like, I've known you guys. I know you guys kind of well. And I feel like we've hung out enough to where I can sit here. And they're like, yeah, it's chilling. So that's how I left. Cause I was kind of like, I can't, I can't deal with well, that, this. Well, I think this anymore. is the question for you is how similar is the interactions between the high school students in Heather's to what you experience in your school. You've gone to two high schools. Well, my first high school definitely was not good. I was definitely not treated <laughs> well at all, and the kids are super mean there. And they were in the school was much sim- more similar to Westerberg. Yeah. It was a rich, rich White kids. Yeah, that's, yeah, and they're all, they're just so mean because they're all exactly the same and they're all so boring. Like, like, just because your uh, parent owns a company doesn't make you interesting. It makes your parent interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they just kind of take it out on other people and they're very competitive. Like, a lot of kids at that school are very competitive. That school is so competitive. Like, I, I knew on another from day level. one. I mean, I was like, when we went to, the you're as you were in eighth grade and you're about to go in and they have this big uh, event where all the all the clubs come out and show what they can do on the stage and one teacher got fired for not bringing you know his a game to that presentation yeah. and then uh, the other and everybody was so we're number one like it was so crazy I thought Riley is not going to do well here because you're mm-hmm. really like. I'm cool. Like I, I'm running, run my own race. Like you're very much like that. I'm, you are not compete with other people. And yeah, and that was the most competitive school. I thought this is not going to go well. Well, this is the thing. So I didn't get along with most people. There are some people that I'm acquaintances with and that I talk to them on Snapchat. Sometimes like we give us like the common comment on Instagram of like, you're cute, but I haven't hung out with them in a while, and I don't plan on it. I actually kind of lost one of my best friends who went to that school because I've lost pretty much all of my friends at that school that I had pretty much because they're social climbers, and I had a bad reputation because people just randomly didn't like me. Like, people just, like, saw me and was like, I don't like her. (laughs) Like, she's a bitch, (laughs) and I'm just going to, like... I've never talked to you in my entire life, like, and I've never spoken to any of your friends either, so I don't know where you're getting this. Well, maybe that's why, because you didn't speak to them. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Every time, like, I would get bullied by someone I've never met, they'd come, they'd be like, oh, you're actually a lot cooler than I thought, than I thought you were. Like, a lot of people said you were, like, a bitch, and I'm like, yeah, because they've never met me (laughs) most of the time. But, um, but, you know, like, two of my best friends I've lost, because they're just, they, they... Uh, they get invited to a party with some popular kids and they don't invite you because they, that you have a bad reputation. You're going to give them like a little bad rep or people might like point at you and comments. They don't want that Mm -hmm. and they don't want attention on you. They want attention on them. So, and what about the bullying level? So, you know how, for instance, how they go after Martha dump truck. Yeah. See, that's a little intense. Those notes things. I mean, there's definitely girls definitely do somewhat of that like if nowadays most girls just talk shit and start rumors mm-hmm. like that's pretty much what it is okay well yeah which we saw it so what about the fat shaming 
at at my old school where the competitive definite definite fat shame. There was definitely some fat shame in there. Um, I, I just I, I just want to say I just love my new school compared to that one. <laughs> just, like I can tell you're living it right now. Like, it's just like every time I think back, I'm like, how did I survive that? And it's just. It's just crazy how people just decide they're like that. Like, well, I remember that you said people at your old school would just go, you know, walk to your face and say, you're ugly. And yeah. you don't even know them. No, yeah. No, definitely. I've definitely been called a whore so many times. It's so weird because I, I, I definitely mentioned this in another podcast. I walked right into freshman year. I had not, I've never hooked up with anyone. I've never done anything with anyone. I've had like one boyfriend in, in eighth grade and I'm automatically like a whore. <laughs> like I'm just known as the school whore. <laughs> and like people are like i heard you blew this guy in mcdonald's and i'm like oh my god i have i've spoken to that guy like three times he's in my english class like that's i don't know much about him except his name <laughs> like it's people there were just so like i just want to start something i want to start something yeah and they, it's funny because they are the the rich you know, they are the rich, white, entitled kids. Well, they're bored. They're just bored. And they just, all they want to do is, like, party and start stuff and get in drama and hook up with people. And they just don't, they just want to be popular. I swear to God, that entire school is all social climbing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've lost, like, two of my best friends from that because they just... They just complained about how much they wanted to be friends with the popular kids. And then eventually they kind of got closer and closer to that point. And now they're like semi-popular and don't talk to me anymore. Heather, why can't you just be a friend? Why are you such a mega bitch? Because I can be. Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Do you think, I mean, do you really think if Betty Finn's fairy godmother made her cool, she would still hang out with her dweebet friends? No way, Veronica. Uh-uh. But definitely the language in this movie. We definitely use some nasty sentences with some curse words. But uh, fuck me with a chainsaw. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. <laughs> okay, nobody talked like that, though. <laughs> I mean, remember, we we were, you know, rad, awesome, totally, all of that. But so the, the, the dialogue in here is just fantastic. Um... It's amazing in its own way. It's like you're such a pillowcase. Nobody said that, but that's yeah. awesome. You know, yeah. Like you, you think about it and you're like, that's smart. And she, like the way they play it off, like they come up with it so fast. Like it looks like they come up with it like ASAP. And you're kind of like, whoa. Like first of all, what did she just say? Second of all, okay, that makes sense. You're, <laughs> or, you're a Girl Scout cookie. Or that's... third of all, I might use that later. <laughs> like, I know. I definitely was like, I might use that. I mean, what's your damage? I don't even think made it into the mainstream. I don't think a lot of these did it, you know it's just like um making fetch happen you know like nobody ever picked up on using fetch oh definitely did you have a brain tumor for breakfast that one got me oh that <laughs> one was oh, that's amazing that one um got me. uh it's more than a spoke in my menstrual cycle. Like, there's just all of it. And I think Lick It Up, baby, Lick It Up. I'm not really sure that um, that's that was kind of, original. It's, it's, I don't know, but that's definitely an iconic line from that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, her saying, Lick It Up, baby, Lick It Up. <laughs> like, that's the part where she snaps. It was like, no. Yeah. 
JD says a line, and I can't remember the exact line, but basically he's saying that uh, he wants to blow up the school because he wants to make a statement that the high school is society in its own realm. And uh, I mean... society is the high school. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's like, that's kind of what you should be taking away from the film, I believe. Uh, and um, teen suicide, don't do it. <laughs> that's what you should take away. Well, no. Okay. So let's let's get into all the things about your parents and the way that that Gen X what they were like as teenagers. So the thing about Heather's is um, it really does reflect a lot of what was going on at the time. So one was the homophobia, right? Oh, is, yeah. I mean, it's hard to hear people talk like that and use the language, you know, fags and, and, oh, you like you, to suck big dicks. Yeah. Makes them say, makes them say that over and over again. See, we shoot curtain ram. Make it look like they shot each other, and by the time they regain consciousness, they'll be the laughing stock of the whole school. Uh, the uh, note's the punchline. How'd that turn out? First, tell me the similarity is not incredible. It's an incredible similarity. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Ram and I died the day we realized we could never reveal our forbidden love to an uncaring and ununderstanding world. The joy we shared in each other's arms was greater than any touchdown, yet we were forced to live the lie of sexist, beer-guzzling jock assholes. That's perfect. He was trying to be ironic with it. Uh, right. Well, yeah. it was poetic justice. Yeah, poetic because, justice. Because, one, they were trauma they, you know because they like to that's how they ad- attacked jd and tried to bully him by saying he was gay that's how that was their move was to say oh look you know you're gay so there's something wrong with you and you're they weren't gay but like, yeah. just to like, <laughs> like none of them accuse were. someone of that but then of course ram straight rapes, up rapes heather mcnamara yeah. yeah like i was like i've always noticed that in the movie where like he was wrestling her, but uh-huh. I, I was never really paying attention to that part. I was obviously paying attention to Veronica and JD. But in the back, you can literally, like, you hear her, like, kind of, like, and see her kind of pushing him off in the beginning. But as Veronica's talking to JD, not looking behind her, totally disregarding Heather, Heather's being pinned down. Like, he's straight up trying to grab her wrist yeah. and pin her and, down. And she's struggling to get away from him. Yeah. And then, but she, when she talks about it with Veronica in the bathroom, before, like, after she tries to kill herself, she's like... Well, the guy that, or no, on the radio show, she's like, the last guy I had no, sex no, with. No, the only guy I and She ever, said it was the last guy. Regardless, so yes, she didn't want to have sex with Ram, and he definitely raped her. Yeah. And then she seemed okay with it. And I, I think that that's, um, I think that that was part of what was going on, and that kind of confusion of date rape, and, and it being very unclear to women at the time of what was okay and what wasn't okay. And did I bring it on? And maybe I, maybe I did want it, or maybe I did, you know, there, that kind of thing happened all the time. And I love that they, you know, brought that to light. I mean, that one that she, that she's not even sure what happened herself. She just knows that she had sex with them, you know, but she's obviously affected by it. And Heather Chandler, I, I think it's really interesting too, with Heather Chandler giving the, 
uh, college boyfriend oral sex when you know she doesn't want to. Yeah. And then her reaction afterwards when she looks at herself in the mirror and she spits in the mirror because she didn't want to do it. She felt pressure to do it, right? So yeah. she's she's trying to be cool. She's trying to be at this college party and hang with college kids, and she feels pressured. In my opinion of why she, you know, willingly, right, she chooses to give him oral sex because he says, I can't control myself, and she's trying to get him you know, let's just go in the other room. Let's just leave this. And he's like, I can't control myself. And I think her opinion was, I do this and he'll be done. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I'm going to get raped. Yeah. So at least I'm going to have control over it. Yeah. You know, cause she was a very controlling person. So in this way, she at least had control over the way Fish. it happened. Yeah. But she didn't want it. She felt like she didn't have a choice. Yeah. It's like, he just wants to come and I'm going to have to just do it. <laughs> um, and Veronica is three times she's, you know, wrestles out of an attempted rape situation. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was the football guy. Mm-hmm. The college guy. The college guy. And JD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, I mean, but I'm really, honestly, this is when, when I am so protective of you and I'm like, are there parents where you're going and I just need to see pictures? Like, you have to take a picture and show me the parents are there. Um that's because that that was that is my teen life, you know. Is like guys would just be all over you, you know, and yeah. it would just be you're just always walking into a rape minefield all yeah. the time, and they're really. It was just your wits. Like, could you get out of it? Could you, <laughs> you know, and you try to like just giggle and be like, oh, you're so funny. Oh my gosh, I've got to do that. You know, yeah. like I've got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and you can't, and you couldn't, you know, cause you also had the, the social situation at school, right? Well, How yeah. that was going to get turned around at school. How could he tell his friend, like, what would he tell his friends? If you said that he raped you, no one, you know, would anyone believe you? Probably not. Well, they probably wouldn't care. The the guy, the football guy said that him and uh, Ram or whatever had a sword fight in Veronica's mouth when she had left and gone with JD. She right. has she has a alibi that she left. <laughs> and they are still like, are you sure you didn't do that last night? Like, And it's girls, too. Like, cause right. Because girls are just such rivals, and I just don't get it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. They're, really they're, the girls are the first ones to jump in on the gossip. Yeah. So date rape, a real issue. Um, and the homophobia, a real issue. The bulimia, a real issue. I love oh, that true. she says that was, she's like, oh, bulimia was so 1987, Heather, yeah. remember? Yeah. And, um, and that... Veronica goes and is helping uh, Heather throw up. Yeah. A true friend. <laughs> a true friend. And she wiggles her finger. Um, yeah. and But it was true. In the 80s, bulimia was huge, mm-hmm. you know? And I did look it up. Um, so it said, so bulimia did increase in the 80s, but bulimia and anorexia, and anorexia rates are as high as they were then. Yeah. So it was in the 80s they spiked, never went down. The, um, what's weird about the thing is though, the thing is, is obviously now we're in 2018, people have grown, people have understood that, you know, that's not cool. There's a, uh, most of the guys the my last school that I went to, I, or I know three rapes that went down the school I go to now. Uh, I know of sexual harassment, but I haven't heard of any rape situations. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, with homophobia at my old school, 
there wasn't a lot of gay kids. You're not really shamed if you're being gay anymore, because if you did that, obviously it's homophobic and you will get attacked mm-hmm. <laughs> by <Right>. me, personally. <laughs> um, and uh, so that doesn't happen that much anymore. And for sure, the bulimia and anorexia, um, again, at my old school, girls want to be perfect. They want to be skinny. They want to be beautiful. They want to be pretty because it's all the rich girls who... You know, all the popular girls are really, like, they're gorgeous. Like, they're like, you could be a supermodel. Like, I mean, maybe not pose for pictures or runway, but, like, if I looked at you, you could be a model, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you always have that mindset. And every girl, including myself, like, I'm so jealous of those girls. Like, I don't know how they got so lucky. And a lot of them are really nice, too, which sucks. Because then you have to (laughs) like them. Like, you have no reason to hate them. (laughs) Um, But... But, At so my new school, there's no, that's not really an issue, but I think that the anor- the anorexia is definitely way more up there than bulimia, I think. But what, what do you mean? There's more people who are anorexic than yeah, bulimic? But you, most, you're just going to commit now is what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You're just going to commit. But it's, it's, it's less of that, but I know, including myself, I'm told that I have this, is body dysmorphia. Because I think that I'm, like, really wide and, like, I see I see fat and I see, you know, like, stuff I hate about my body. And then people are like, what are you talking about? And my best friends think I have body dysmorphia. And I know a lot of people that have uh, body dysmorphia. And um, I have a trans friend who literally told me last night as we were watching this movie, uh, he was saying that, uh, or no, we were actually watching Silence of the Lambs. And <laughs> sorry, wrong movie. Um, and Bill is like a transsexual, and they explain in the in in the movie that um, he's not actually trans. He just thinks he's trans because he has body dysmorphia, and um, that's actually a lot. Uh, my trans friend was saying that that happens a lot, where people see their body differently, yeah, and they're just like, oh, I must be the other gender because I obviously don't look. To myself, I don't look like what I feel like I should look like. So then they just become trans because they feel like that's what's that's what they look like and that's what they should do. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But a lot of people apparently have body dysmorphia now, and I see it all over Twitter. Um, Well, I think that that's that. I think that all comes from the fat shaming and the, and the body awareness that we have of that we need to look a certain way, Yeah, you know? So that's what we, we talked about. Um, we, we've talked about on a couple of podcasts, you know, so in the eighties you were expected as a, if you were a white girl to be, you know, thin, you know, you could have boobs. That was cool, but don't have a butt. That's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. Know? But now, and now it's, it's completely opposite. Flipped. Totally like, flipped. Like, I mean, if we can thank Kim Kardashian for one thing, you it's know, definitely it's, the butt. it's, it's making big butts cool. And Nicki Minaj, we'll give her credit too. I mean, like and Jennifer Lopez, who got the trend going. The 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 good part about being skinny and not having a butt is, or at least that big of a butt, is that people like your mother will be like, "Oh, you have a model body." They don't have they don't have any boobs. They don't have a butt. They're just really skinny and just like a stick, and that's perfect because you just look like a model. When everybody else at school is like, "You're flat chested. You look like a twelve year old boy. Yet you're sixteen year old girl. Like actually eighteen year old." girl. Yeah. <laughs> I still get told that I'm a 12-year-old boy, and it's been three years. Well, just so you know, every supermodel has stories of being uh, exactly. bullied. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, but... 
This is the fun part about getting out of high school and then being successful and then not going to your high school reunion. Yeah. <laughs> and being like, I don't care. Well, I don't know. Would you, If you got famous, would you want... Like, if you were in my situation at my old school, where I was just hated by every single person that went there, and you got really famous and, like, really successful or really rich or something, or you made, like, a business, would you go and flaunt it? Well, see, you would want to gloat. That's what your instinct is. But the truth is, is that you don't. Ca- you realize you don't care about them. Yeah, and they're not like, like you can see my social media. Like they, they know about you. You don't. They don't. You don't yeah. need to spend your time. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which is like the true burn. Yeah, true. A lot of things I've realized with uh, kind of with this movie, and but just like with people nowadays, I see, including myself most people have like severe anxiety like severe anxiety or like mood swings or something like that like just almost everyone I know is just like I'm having a panic attack yeah and I don't know if it's because of you guys (laughs) or I don't know or it's a, a lot of the anxiety is also for like popularity stuff like at my old school which causes anorexia bulimia like things that you do to yourself without realizing because you feel like that'll make the situation better for you Mm -hmm. um so that might also be a cause to why we are now at the same height yeah because because now we have uh bigger models we have people saying like love your fat there's definitely a lot of guys out there that like chunky girls like that's yeah. like a thing that they like uh-huh and um it's not just like all about skinny girls like most of the people at my school that have boyfriends or girlfriends are not that cute mm-hmm. most of the time yeah like really not that cute unless you're a popular person but you're gonna get cheated on in like two weeks so like, <laughs> you don't really need to it doesn't really matter um well, I, you know, th- that's the thing. So teen suicide, 1986 was the high point for teen suicide. Mm-hmm. And then it went down. And then around 1999, after the internet, it started going up again. Mm-hmm. And now it's astronomically high. Uh, and they say, you know, it's social media. And mm-hmm. I think I think the anxiety, yes, your generation definitely suffers from anxiety far more than yeah. previous generations. And I know sometimes you think, well, I think it's a matter of, was it, you know, maybe they just weren't diagnosing it back then, but I don't think so. Like I did not see people who had the, the, the symptoms that you, um, that you have, you know, that, that, and, and that your generation has your gen. I mean, I think it's also that you guys were born during nine eleven. You're you were literally born in two thousand one, you know, yeah. and that you've lived this whole life with that sort of pressure. But it's also the the social media of it all. I just think that there's so much. You guys were really the generation that were in middle school and and, um, and elementary school, and parents just didn't know. We just didn't know, you know, what the dangers of it. And so you guys are the guinea pigs and you're suffering the consequences. And a lot of kids, you know, have have killed themselves as a result. And what's interesting to me is that as you say that we were far meaner in 1989 and now it's not socially acceptable. The thing is, is, you know what they don't tell Martha Dump Truck to do? They don't tell Martha Dump Truck to, as I call her, her name was Dumpstock. Um, (laughs) Anyway, they don't tell Martha to go drink bleach and die. Yeah. Right? And now 
kids bully by telling other kids to kill, kill themselves. No one wants you. Nobody wants you here, you know, and, and you should just kill yourself and really tormenting people. And then having it go home, you know, it used to be, okay, I'm at school, but when I go home, it'll be fine. But now they find you online and they, and they make viral videos of you and they, you know, post stuff and it just never ends. There's never a, a moment to, to escape it. And even some kids move schools and the bullying a follows lot, them. A lot, a lot. One of the girls that, remember the school that we checked out, the private school we checked out? Two or three of those girls went to my last high school and they transferred there and they did like a 30 minute car ride probably to that school because they got a video posted about them. Their nudes got leaked because some guy on the football team was just being a dick. Yeah. And it led to just total chaos, total bullying, slut shaming. Um, no guys want, like, quote unquote, wanted her, but definitely were still asking for blowjobs after right. bullying her, which has happened to me too. And, like, and so they all had to transfer schools. Like, I would, I would rather do a 30, 45 minute car ride to school than go to that school. Like 100%. Yeah. I would definitely not wait that four years in that school. So they kind of get into this a little bit about, you know, who's, who's at fault here? Is it, they, they, they have all the adults be clueless or, you know, self-absorbed or just so detached, you know, the teachers you know, the teacher's like, oh, how do we handle this? Well, you know, for a cheerleader, I'd be willing to give them half a day off school, you know, yeah. and, and the, the parents um, are so detached from what's going on. But by the way, so are the kids. I mean, you know, after the deaths of these students, they just go on with their day. Yeah. I don't know if the idea is supposed to be that they're becoming desensitized to it, but because with Heather Chandler, they were more shocked. But well, after that, they kind of just keep moving forward. Well, the thing is, what got me and uh, my friend that we were watching this movie last night, and uh, what got to us was after Heather Chandler dies, the stoner girl comes up to Veronica and says, um, "Sorry, to, I'm sorry for your loss that she died. We all thought she was a bitch, but I guess we were all wrong. So... Just because somebody commits suicide does not make them a good person. <laughs> like, just because they had troubled issues doesn't mean you can bully everybody in sight, fat shame them, like, tell them to kill themselves, like, like totally just destroying their mental health, right. to be honest. And you're now a good person because you were sad, too. Yeah. Like, the thing is, is bullies always have something else going on. The reason they bully is something's going on. And just, there's just not an excuse. Right. Like, there's not an excuse. Well, remember, like, it's that they wrote that letter, you know, they wrote a compassionate, like, letter from Heather Chandler to, for the suicide of, oh, you think it's so, oh, it's so hard being me. You have no idea. I have feelings, too. But, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Even with the letter, um... But yeah, when somebody, I mean, that's almost the rule though. When someone dies, you don't attack them anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you they don't attack them, but you don't call them a good person just, just because they committed suicide and were sad themselves. Well, you know, this movie, when it came out, there was a lot of criticism about them making light of teen suicide and making fun of it. And my thought, and I just read a 30 year retrospective um, interview with the director and he said the same thing. 
how he's like, I had, I didn't make a comedy about teen suicide. That's literally not what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were murdered. They literally weren't suicide at all. <laughs> like, but they had the, the song, um, by big fun, you know, yeah. teen suicide. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and they, right. And it starts to become cool. Yeah. To commit suicide because all the popular kids are committing suicide. And I think that was part of the well, satir- is the way that they're satirizing it is it doesn't matter what the popular kids do, right? Like when she says to Heather McNamara, who tries to kill herself, tries to kill herself, would you jump off a bridge if everyone else did? And she's like, yeah, I, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, I mean, those are just the social climbers. Mm-hmm. Those are the social climbers. So, and that's basically all that my last school was. But what's true about that? about making they see they didn't make light of the suicide but they definitely joked about it a lot yeah obviously and the thing is is i say probably at least twice a day i want to kill myself or i want to die like some just like the smallest thing will happen like the slightest drama or like something like that and i'm just like oh i want to die (laughs) that's part of where this came from it wasn't that people were going around in 1989 saying, oh, I want to kill myself. It was more that they were like, oh, I want to kill her. And yeah. and they would make those comments about their friends, you know, like, oh, I just want to kill her. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. Like, that was something that people said. I mean, I mean, people, see, I say I hate you. I don't say, like, I want you to die or I want to kill you. I mean, I'll definitely, like fakely threaten that like if a boy like one of my guy friends does something stupid i'm be like i'm gonna kill you like something stupid like that but most of the time it's like i hate you like just like get away from me like i hate you like as a joke um there's kind of the idea here that we were talking about where um the parents are are the problems or that the, the like we were talking about the teachers, the parents. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's interesting cause we definitely see that JD's dad is his problem. Well, yeah, well, of course. And I mean, his mom didn't help that situation either. No, <laughs> like no. she actually committed suicide and, uh, that probably wasn't good for his mental health. No, and but it makes and what they don't really answer, but I think you're supposed to infer, like his dad, what his dad does is destruction, right? Yeah. He destroys things. Yeah. And he has sort of like a uh, uh, you know, mental state about it. The way the that JD and Veronica interact with their parents is so weird. So the thing with Veronica's parents is that first of all, right from the beginning, they they uh show that Kind of Veronica's parents are pretty dull. They're pretty on repeat at this point. She sits down. They say, come on, take a seat, take a break. She sits down, uh, says something about her day. Her dad says, why do I do blank? Why do I always do blank? Why do I smoke this? Why do I? Why do I read this? Why do I even try? She goes, you're an idiot. He goes, oh, that's right. And then the mom says, aw, you too. And then Veronica leaves. That happens twice within like 15 20 minutes. Right. Um, and then they, you know, she gets, she comes home from school after like some suicide stuff and JD's threatening her and, uh, her parents say, you know, like JD told us that you're trying to commit suicide. Like, you know, we, we need to keep you away from this, this, and this. She's basically just like, she's not saying like, are you, is something wrong? Are you okay? Do you need to go to therapy? Do you need to talk to someone? Like, what do you need? Like, um, don't kill yourself. (laughs) They don't even say really don't kill yourself. They just say, he told us this, this, and this. 
are you feeling these feelings? Um, and then kind of, like, she's trying to, she's yelling at them, trying to get them to hear her, that, like, society is screwed and that she doesn't want to commit suicide and whatever, whatever he's doing. And, uh, they're just, they just kind of brush it off and just continue to talk about it. And then she walks out of the room because they cut her off and won't hear her. And they just stay at the couch. They don't even follow her. So I think there's a, this again is a reflection. I mean, it's an exaggerated reflection. Yeah. But both JD's parent, JD's dad and uh, Veronica's parents are these, um, I mean, this is, this is, this greedy capitalistic society that we had become in the late eighties, you know, the, the dad and mom's name could be Biff and Muffy, you know, uh, you know, we're going to the yacht club kind of an attitude, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what her dad does. He must do something with stocks or something. Yeah. Who knows? But he just, he's always home. And it's interesting because they, they think that they're engaged parents, but they're actually very detached. And they're, um, and I think there's, you know, we see this character, over and over in 80s movies about the rich parent who just doesn't really care what's going on with their kid. You know, they're, they're just, they're so detached from them, but that is also how I feel parents were at the time. They, you would live in the same house with them and they might order you around or tell you that you had to do stuff. But I'm thinking about my friends' relationships with their parents and my own relationship with my parents. And it just felt like, you know, they were, everybody was like out to work and make money. And that just seemed to be the focus and having things. And, 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 and it just felt like you lived in the same house with the people, but you weren't connecting. That probably, you were just living your own lives. You know, honestly, that probably had to do something with the war. I think parents love their children, unless you're a socio-psychopath. Like, your parents definitely loved you. You might have not, they they might have been detached, but they definitely loved you. And I think that that has to do something with the war. You, You are right that the war affected previous generations. So I think we've always had something that was super serious that was affecting our society. Um, we were always in a war or a financial depression or a dust bowl. I mean, there was just always something going on that was more important than, than money, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that everyone was focused on and you would, um, you know, and, and men would come back from the war and they would be, you know, moody or drink a lot or dangerous, you and know, PTSD like PTSD and yeah. plenty of things that can mess you up. And that just became expected that that's how men acted, you know, to, to some degree. But some things happened in the 60s and 70s that then affected the, the parents of the 80s. And that is, was one, was, was drugs, you know, I mean, drugs, it started out with smoking pot, you know, because before there was drinking, but there wasn't, people weren't doing really drugs, you know, it wasn't really widespread. And in the 60s and 70s, it became widespread. And then it became uh, designer drugs, you know, then it became cocaine and heroin and it became, you know, more expensive or more elaborate drugs that people were doing. And so that's, and people started to really have drug addiction problems. That is, I mean, when you look back in history or you read older books, opium, maybe, but for the most part, people, maybe some morphine, but there weren't real drug problems like there are now. So I think that's one thing that was uh, affecting people. Um, but the others was the fact that there, that there were, there was no war in the eighties. There really wasn't any 
issue. We had a lot of government issues, like you said, um, uh, and people really started focusing inward. And so they had that opportunity to just, hey, you know, the economy's doing better and we can just work and we can just make money and we can do this. And I think there was, first there was a focus on, you know, there was just a focus on what do I want out of life? You know, for women, it was like, can I have it all? Can I have a family and a career, you know, and, and this lack of understanding. So whereas you're the generation who is, we're the guinea pigs for social media. I think our generation, my generation, Generation X is the generation that was the, um, so was the experiment for your parents not being around, you know, like just not being around. In in the past, maybe parents would be like, oh, you go play outside with your friends and kids would run around and they wouldn't come back till till it was dark. And that was fine. But there was a parent around. And what I'm trying to say is there were not, there were not parents around because parents were working or partying or, you know, doing whatever and they weren't home. And, and I, and I, in eighties teens like resented it. And that, that's part of why I think the relationships were so bad. And then the parents were just self-absorbed. So I do think that that's all going on. Um, so these are all things that when you look back at Heather's, you can see what was going on with teenagers at the time and how, you know, and then kind of think about how maybe it affected them as adults today. But the one place where I think it maybe influenced teens is the blowing up the school. You know, what JD said is to Veronica in, you know, in the boiler room, he says, when we blow up the school, it's going to be the kind of thing to infect a generation. It's going to be Woodstock for the 80s. And to me, it's hard to not see that the Columbine kids who really, I mean, school, the reason that the movie Heathers could be made is because school shootings weren't happening. (laughs) Nobody was blowing up a school. They had other movies like um, Rock and Roll High School. uh, They blow up the school. And, uh, you know, Carrie, she kind of destroys the school, yeah. but it's different. Like Carrie's a horror movie. It's played differently. She's a witch. Yeah. And, and <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And rock and roll high school was just like, you know, a ridiculous film and yeah. it was, it was ridiculous. Um, but the thing that is that, you know, they're smart characters who are making good points and trying to, they're using satire to point out the issues of society, but they solve the problems by suggesting that we, you know, that we kill our classmates who are, you know, who feel that they're so much better than us and that we should blow up the school and we should do these things, right? Even though Veronica succeeds uh, in, in stopping JD from blowing up the school, that idea is still there. And I do think it maybe did infect the next generation because, yeah. because the thing with the con, like, there, we really don't know. I know a lot of people think the basketball diaries, which had Leonardo DiCaprio having a dream where he goes in and he shoots up uh, his class, but then he, he wakes up. He doesn't do it. It's a dream, but he was wearing a duster, which is what the Columbine kids were wearing. They both came in wearing these long jackets. But the thing to me is that's what JD wears yeah. through the whole film. No, and literally. the Columbine kids, like they remember for shooting up the school, but they also. They also had bombs, and they put bombs in the school as well. And I think that this may be where all of your your generation's issues with kids constantly, with all the school shootings and the bomb threats and all of that, did it start with Heather's? Did it infect a generation? I mean, 100% it might have. But 
or it probably did to be honest but to add to the like trench coat thing when i was watching it with max he literally as jd comes in wearing the trench coat with a duffel bag me and max were both like if someone walked in with a big ass trench coat and a duffel bag they would be pulled aside in five seconds and if they didn't i would be worried yeah <laughs> like like you see someone in a trench coat most that's why most people don't wear trench coats anymore probably because yeah. they're scary and they're known as pedophile coats well no after the after columbine because dusters were stylish for men and after that they were instantly not i mean yeah. it was like the bronco you know the bronco which we now see restored like that's the trend where we live where everyone has these restored broncos and they're beautiful they were popular and then oj uh tried to escape the police in a bronco and then instantly no one wanted a bronco <laughs> like everyone's selling the broncos we're not doing that anymore um but the duster was the same way yeah I mean, it's kind of creepy. I think, like, with the duster kind of thing, it's kind of like my entire body is covered, and you have no idea what's under here. <laughs> but it wasn't an issue before is yeah. the point, right? And and by the way, the baggy clothes, um, you know, the fashions in um, Heather's are so extreme. They're weird. They're like... But uh, they're all wearing giant shoulder pads, which was in, and the brooches, yeah. that was in... Um, so ugly. And, and what I, but what is, uh, is fascinating to me too, is I had forgotten how baggy, how big and baggy those clothes were because yeah. then you see it as, cause this is 1989. And then you think about in Seinfeld, the way like, um, uh, Elaine, I don't even know if you've watched Seinfeld. Nope. <laughs> okay. Anyway, when you Logan look back at Elaine. Show me it once and I was like, I'm not on this. <laughs> um, but when you look at Elaine and the way she dressed, it's a reminder that women used to wear these really baggy clothes. And so I think uh, that to me was like, oh yeah, this is kind of where it's. Where it was, like, kind of yeah. clicking over to that. Can I just... I'm just going to say something about the fashion. Girls are... I guess, like, the fashion there was you have to look professional, which is, like, the Heathers looked professional. Like, they looked like they were top, classy, sophisticated, professional they with were the suits. Preppies. Yeah. They well, were, yeah. That's okay, what they yeah. were. True. Yeah. The rich kids. But what Veronica... Okay, Veronica has some weird-ass clothing choices. <laughs> like, in the beginning, like... Maybe that jacket was a style in the 80s, but again, me and Max were both like, that jacket is just, like, one of the worst jackets I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know what it is, but something about that jacket grosses me out. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, Winona Ryder can pull up anything. I don't care. Yeah. But that jacket just drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's big shoulder pads. It's so baggy, and it's so big. And right. And it's, like, black and, like, like weird places and gray and other it's just like oh how about the, the tights skirt? how about the miss the tights that were you know bright yellow tights with with bright green skirt and matching well jacket. exactly those preppies that's what i'm saying is like yeah. they're like colorful they look like colorful classy sophisticated like that was their kind of look and like heather's mostly kept like the same clothing type the whole time except when McNamara is a cheerleader oh by the way though I did really appreciate uh when I watched it this last time they if you look at the high other high school students who don't have lines yeah there is a good representative mix of what you might find like it really is pretty accurate um 
I mean, it. I was just like, I remember that fashion. I remember that fashion. But they had like the guys. They had the the hair guys, hairband guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just like they had a guy in uh, overalls. And I was like, yep, I remember that guy. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like everything that I saw in high school was in that high school. Well, I think that's what's great about having a young writer write about like current times because they're actually in those current times, like. Like, right now, it's better for me to write a movie about right now than you because you don't know right. too much about social media. You don't know about too much of the what the kids are doing. And what the kids are doing is basically what is the, you know... Well, I agree. That, that's, that's part of my problem with most 80s movies is that these these stories were written about women by middle-aged men and and i and then they you know got get it wrong and then they would influence people to think oh this is the way it is i'm like no it was not but that's (laughs) you know um all right well this is i think we've arrived at some good conclusions here with heathers i think the conclusion is don't don't commit suicide uh oh what can i tell you do you know that they had um another ending planned hmm so there were a couple of alternate endings. Okay. The one that they wanted to make, and I don't know why they didn't, is that JD succeeds in blowing up the school. Mm-hmm. And then they all go to prom and in heaven, and they're all social equals. That's a nice ending. <laughs> I know. I kind of like that ending. I don't know. I think they thought it was too far but, to have him succeed in blowing up the school. You know, the... I, you know why they probably didn't do it? It's because the whole point is, like, realism and reality and what high school is actually like and how, like, and how messed up it is. Yeah. And I feel like if they brought it to heaven, that's just bringing right. in gr- religion. That's bringing in, like, a whole fantasy kind of thing you're that right, we don't know right. about. Because it's not a realistic movie, but there is, we're in, we're, we're within, we've suspended disbelief to be in this universe, and if they took yeah. us to heaven, it would leave it. You're a good point. The other ending... Um, which they didn't film, but is that, so the ending goes as it was. And then when Veronica goes to talk to Martha and see if she wants to skip prom and watch some home videos, um, that Martha stabs her and, um, and calls her Heather, you know, says, you know, and then she, and then Veronica's like her dying words is my name's not Heather, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. But, I mean, I don't I, I don't really understand. Again, I feel like they didn't do that because they didn't want to make the the sad, bullied kid the men, mental oh. health messed up No, kid. right, but she would have had her revenge. Um, she Okay, so to me, Veronica is just as much of a psychopath as JD. Oh, yeah. And so my opinion is is that if she would have done... Like, she, there's no justice served. Yes, JD blows himself up, and now maybe she can tell everybody he did it all. I don't know, or everything just goes on the way it is, and she can resume her life. But the fact is, is I think she's a psychopath too. Yeah. So well, the it thing would have is- been just desserts if Martha would have stabbed her and she died. It would have felt right. You know, there would have been justice. Well, I don't know. The thing is... Remember, I'm of the generation who was a monster. So. Yeah. So, but the thing is, what I, uh, you know, what I noticed is he's obviously, JD's obviously a sociopath. Uh-huh. And we know that sociopaths are dangerous because they have no sense of, they, they know what emotion looks like and they know how to act it, but they can't feel it. They can't feel empathy. They can't feel remorse. They can't feel, like, them killing someone 
like they could I mean I think getting happy from killing someone is different but um he's definitely a sociopath I mean like I was paying attention to that through the entire movie and then when she fake hangs herself he says like no I didn't want to actually do it I was coming up here to murder you but come on I loved you yeah like Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, you obviously didn't love her if you're threatening her, trying to get her to commit suicide, and then when she does, you're like, no, I didn't want you to actually do it, even though I was going to kill you anyways. Like, that's still, like, uh, okay. Right. Um, but what I... But, but you... you but, I get what you're saying, because Veronica never really stops the situation. She never, like, steps in again and sees the red flag. She doesn't say anything about the the red flag and she's so smart that's why well, I'm like, yeah i believe that she sees the red flags and she chooses not yeah, to see them exactly so that's why she's like kind of psychotic and i mean she realizes once jd goes way too far then she's kind of like okay <laughs> like i'm not going to jail for you so right um but i like i like how the ending ended because the kids that were the meanest kids there they got killed it wasn't an innocent, like, nerd or anything. It was the people that were destroying society. By the way, the people who have no empathy as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I feel like why she was kind of, like, in the back of her mind, like, leaving it alone. Because she knew that these people were bad and that they deserved it. You know what? I never saw it that way. This is a vigilante film. That's what it is. What? A vigilante film. So a vigilante is, like, a... Um, uh, someone who just takes it upon themselves to, like Batman is a vigilante. You know, I'm going to take it upon myself as a regular citizen to stop crime or mm-hmm. to, you know, take care of, you know, so I know you're yeah. a bad guy and you've done bad things, so I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, that's yeah. vigilante. Well, I mean, I don't, obviously she says, I'm going to kill her, I'm going to kill her. But then she's like, I don't actually want to kill her. I'm just tired of her and mm-hmm. I just want her to, like go away well yeah get out of my life Mm -hmm. and then but you know jd sees the harm kind of i mean there's the excuse that he just wants to destroy people and kill them and then there's also the excuse that they're actually doing stuff something wrong like he has he low-key has a valid excuse for killing them Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like i said he didn't kill anyone innocent these people like traumatized kids they probably killed kids mental health which is probably why martha would stab uh, uh, veronica because heather just destroyed herself her confidence her emotions just like everything is just destroyed at that point well the point is is i like the end of the film uh, mainly because he kills himself. She lights a cigarette with his burning. I love that. Like, her cigarette gets lit with him exploding. And then she walks in, even though she's, like, covered in dirt and smoke and dust, doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she's like, Heather, I'm taking the scrunchie from you. You don't rule anything. I just came back from hell, and you have nothing on me. And then walks up to Martha and is like, let's hang out. Because, you know, nobody gives you the time of day, and I feel like I should. And even in the beginning, she says, like, or, no, not in the beginning. When Heather, like, makes her mad after the party, she says, like, why did I ditch um, whoever her friend was when she was a kid? She's like, why did I ditch her for these popular kids? I don't even know why I did it. And at the end, she's like, there's no point. Like, she realizes that there's no point. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the kind of point where she's like, I don't know. I think the moral of the story is just don't don't judge someone on their appearance. 
don't commit suicide. Don't don't bully people. <laughs> I think yeah. the, I think the main point is just like don't bully don't, don't bully people and get people on your bad side. There's yeah. no point for it. You're just gonna get people to hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't that doesn't help in any way. <laughs> so why do it? Yeah, and yeah, and reminder: '80s movies weren't message movies, but I think that the point of it was. We shouldn't be mistreating each other. We shouldn't be making fun of each other. We shouldn't be doing that. You know, we're we're not. Someone's not more high and mighty than someone else. Yeah, just because you're pretty and popular doesn't make you any different. Well, this was a long one, but we this one well this, this covers a lot. I mean, this movie's really problematic. <laughs> I know we so. didn't even get into things like the self harm and you know, I mean, and we only brushed up on the school shooting part. So I, or, I mean, the bomb kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, but they you could do that before Columbine, and you could even. But I do want to say there is a movie. There is a movie. Um, you think could this movie be made again? And the answer is no. They tried to make it as a TV series for the Paramount Network, and they kept trying to, they'd have a release date, like, okay, we're going to start the series this day, and then there was a school shooting, so they'd be like, okay, we're going to delay it, and then they get a new date, and then there'd be another school shooting, and they'd be like, well, we're going to delay it, and after so many, they finally said, okay, and I think they just ran it, like, one weekend, unannounced, just, like, threw it on the air, and, yeah. and burned it, and... um uh, but I actually, when I was at South by Southwest a couple of years ago and I saw a movie so much like this, that was so well-written with that kind of razor sharp dialogue, fantastic, uh, high school movie, um, called tragedy girls. And it was so good. And I found that they couldn't get distribution because, because, it has similar things of like, you know, of, of kids killing kids or, you know, it, I mean, it was the just same. Violence, just it, violence. There's the violence, but there were like kids killing other kids and, you know, like, a, it, it, I don't want to give away because I want you to see it, but we'll just say <laughs> that the ending is, is maybe how Pretty Heather's was going to end. Yeah. And they couldn't get distribution. Yeah. So the world does not want this kind of movie again. I mean, even in satire. I mean, we had Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Mean Girls was pretty much, uh, a way funnier version with no full violence. Yeah, it was more but, girl lighter. It was, it was girl violence. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> how girls fight. Um, but I mean, the musical is amazing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I haven't seen it, but all the songs you are really can get good. away with a lot more on Broadway. That's for sure. You can dead definitely. dead girl walking is like an iconic iconic to me. But yeah, all right. Well, you can find out more analysis of how uh, your parents got messed up from eighties movies. Um, you can follow our podcast, 80s Movies, A Guide to What's Wrong with Your Parents, on iTunes, or you can go to our website, 80smovieguide.com. Then you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at 80s Movie Guide. Yep, I'm Tara McNamara. And I'm Riley Roberts. Thanks for listening. Peace. I asked my mother, what will I be?
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.